this is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And speaking of exact opposite, hey, here's my trusty sidekick, Ramon B. Is I don't I know how him. trusty I might be. How do you be, pronounce your last name? Is it Bonilla? Not that many rolling of the R's mm. because there's actually no R's in my last Ramon name. Ramon Azteca. Bonilla. Bonilla. Yeah. It's lovely. What does Bonilla mean? Does that have a... Mr. Bonilla? (laughs) It means nothing. It has no meaning? No meaning You know what my last name means? No. Leffler. It's German. Oh, okay. L-O-E-F-F-L-E-R, which means Spooner. Oddly, my prison nickname, but that's another story. <laughs> we don't want to get into that now. Ooh, yeah, you can check it out. Now, I hope uh, my last name doesn't mean anything like that. Now, I'm sure it doesn't. Now, what we, uh, what we, don't we always start with the headlines of the day, Ramon? I, my, we it's try. been a week since we met last, so I we can't We try remember. to do it. Let me see if I can press this button and see what happens. There we go. That's the sound of excitement right there. Okay, now this one is right up your alley. Oh, I like this. This one is right up your alley. Evidently, scientists have figured out that eating cured meats Mm. like bacon Mm -hmm. can worsen your asthma. Did you hear about that? Yeah, that's right. So my advice Mm -hmm. is whatever you do, avoid asthma. (laughs) Whatever you do. Yeah, come on. Give up bacon? That's out of the question. I would would actually like one of those inhalers that just has like bacon. Bacon inhaler. Mm. Again. Come on. Copyright us. Did we just invent – what was last week's thing that we invented? There was uh, a thing we invented. Uh, naked Disneyland. <laughs> NakedDisneyland.com. Mm-hmm. Right? I think I actually like the bacon inhaler better. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. And I've been accused of being a bacon inhaler, I must say. Do you, you ever eat at Randy's? No. You often talk about it on the podcast, and I must say – It's I'm a, so great. I'd, I'd, I'd love to check it out. Have you yelped it? No, I don't, I'm old. not a yeah, The world needs more helpers and fewer the, yelpers. Yeah, so look I'm at that. I'm not a review guy. That's I'm a not good a review guy. That's a good T-shirt. Less yelpers, yeah, more I, helpers. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't review. I've given Holiday Inn Express some great reviews. I would never give a negative review. That's me. Negative review. If is I just have a not... bad experience at some place, I assume they're having a bad day. Okay, it could happen. Or just don't go back. I commonly don't go back to places yeah. that give me a you know, hard Which time. Which is surprising. You still come back here, though. I've seen some of the radio. I'm a do fan good. of this place. Good, good, good. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about today? Oh, we're going to talk about real estate. I forgot. So we were talking about um, the mindset last week, the mindset of the fearless agent. So I want to give you one mindset thing, and that is there are no solutions in life only trade-offs. I think I mentioned last week that life doesn't give you what you want. It gives you options. So that's a famous quote by one of my personal heroes, Dr. Thomas Sowell. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug something. There's, uh, have you seen that Thomas Sowell movie? No, I have not. Have you heard about it? No. What's the Okay. Name? Do you know who Dr. Thomas Sowell is? Uh, I do now. He's a uh, famous think tank guy, economist, um, African-American, if you will. I, ca- I call him black, but I don't know about that. But he, 
There's a documentary about him called Common Sense in a Senseless World. Now, I have not seen that yet. I'm going to. But uh, he he wrote a book. Now I can't think of that. He's written many, many, many books, but I, I highly recommend him. Um, uh, d- deep, deep thinker guy. So, But there are no solutions in life, only trade-offs. So uh, if you're going to do this thing, then you are not going to do that thing. You can't do everything. So um, – if you if you choose say real estate you know my my hero floyd wickman used to always say you can't have a tug of war with yourself you've got to choose one thing or the other it's it's like that so um the uh the other thing is uh, i learned this is an example of that actually and i'm going to mention one other thing Dr. Thomas Sowell, I think, changed my life and the way I think about things, and he kind of reinforced a, a bunch of things that I think about. So not too long ago, Rush Limbaugh died. You remember, You heard about this, right, Ramon? Absolutely. So I believe it was in 1988. Um, so I got into real estate in 1984, and I was driving around uh, and clicking on AM radio, I guess, and Rush Limbaugh was on the air. Now, some people don't believe, agree with his politics. Some people do. Uh, that that almost doesn't matter. So he was doing something on the radio that I had not ever heard of. Now, I can guarantee you one thing, Ramon. You and I would not be sitting in this building today if it was not for Rush Limbaugh. He made that happen. This radio station that we're in would not exist if Rush Limbaugh had never come along. So he he was doing something different than everybody else was doing. And I always say the secret to success is to be different. So he did that. So I so he's talking about things that I already had agreed with. Now I'm watching the three network news shows. There in 1988 there was uh really no cable TV. There was no um uh, you know, there was no Fox News. There was no right-wing point of view whatsoever. Uh, you, If you wanted to find somebody who agreed with you, if you were a Republican, I don't know, literally, I don't know where you would go. You would watch Firing Line with Bill Buckley or something like that. So he's on the air saying what I agree with. I'm going, finally, somebody is on the air agreeing with me. Am I the only guy that thinks the way he thinks? So he becomes this, you know, amazingly successful guy just because he's different than everybody else. Then you have a lot of other people that try to copy him, but none of them really did what he did. So if you ever listen to the Rush Limbaugh show, he he does three hours uninterrupted, has no guests, and I don't know any other talk shows like that where they have, except this one. We have no guests. We have to subpoena people to get on this show. That's, That's right. That's a separate issue. Wandering the hallways but, I mean, they're coming it, on in. It was unbelievable uh, the talent he had and literally the guy's a genius. And he has a, his unique point of view, you know, which I just happen to agree with. But um, so, it, you know, I learned a lot from him. And then I had some little uh, nickel and dime radio show one time. And I kind of learned how to do that from him. And my presentations in real estate, I kind of copied some things he did in that. Uh, but I look back on the thing, the people that, 
that really impacted my life, and uh, you know, certainly Rush Limbaugh was one of them. I've never, I've never seen anybody. There, there will never be anybody like him again. I know that. There's never, certainly, never been anybody before him. Um, but to- Dr. Thomas Sowell, highly recommend that watching that movie. Um, what was the other movie that just came out? Oh, Uncle Tom. He was in that movie. So I, I would recommend everybody watch the movie Uncle Tom. And I think you have to stream it and pay 20 bucks or something. Well worth it. But he was featured in that movie also. And I think he's like, uh, I don't know how old. I think he's like 90 years old almost. He's wow. very old. Wow. But um, So another thing is uh, it is not my job. I have this sign above my desk. It is not my job to make mean people nice, crazy people sane, and stupid people smart. So when I'm cold calling, I would have that sign above my desk. I have it above my desk now. And, you know, you bump into people who are not nice. They're, they're not sane. They're not smart, uh, by my standards anyway. I don't consider myself to be a genius, but uh, I know dumb people when I see them. You know what I'm talking about, Ramon? Why are you looking at me when you say that? Because you're sitting directly across no. from me behind no. a piece of glass, Likely. bulletproof, oddly. I don't know why that is. Likely story. But, uh, you know, I, I would say it's not my job to make mean people nice, crazy people sane, stupid people smart, but it is my job to find nice, sane, smart people and do business with them. So when you think about it, if you're going to get paid – on a real estate transaction, more often than not, the ones that you do get paid on, the people were nice. They were smart. They were sane. Uh, they had a ton of equity to pay you with. If you want to see a nice person turn mean, have them be thin on the equity. If, they're, if they don't have a lot of money, if they're not getting a big check at closing, they turn nice, that turns nice people into not nice people for whatever reason. It can turn a sane person into a crazy person. It could turn a smart person into a stupid person. So not having equity, you could avoid those people by cold calling in older parts of town. So uh, when I'm dealing with you know, sometimes millions of dollars these days, certainly hundreds of thousands of dollars, the stakes are high and it makes people do things they wouldn't normally do. So when you get paid, it's normally going to be somebody who's nice, sane, smart. They have a ton of equity to pay you with and they're deadly serious about selling their house right now at fair market value, whatever that turns out to be. So a person who has to sell their house to buy the one they're going to buy or the one they've already bought. The person who has to sell their house because they have some money, or they lost their job, they're getting a divorce, they're, they're, um, they had a baby and there's no place to stick the baby. You know, where are we going to put this baby? In the microwave? I mean, we got to buy a bigger house, right? So if you, if you buy a – if they have to sell, then – and they're nice and sane and smart and they have a ton of equity to pay you with and they're going to sell it at fair market value if that's the best they can do. Then – and we, of course, as fearless agents are going to get them way more than fair market value, whatever that turns out to be. Then you're going to get paid. So you can 
you can set it up that way. You can just say, look, it's not my job to make mean people nice. It's not my job to make crazy people sane. It's not my job to make stupid people smart. It is my job to find nice, sane, and smart people and just do business with them. And that's going to make your life easier and more fun. And you've got to find a way to make prospecting fun. So I was I was talking to somebody this morning about that. You know, he was saying, oh, this guy was, you know, uh, not nice or something on the phone. I said, well, you do, you have to get your feelings. And by the way, I need coffee, Ramon. I'm going to enjoy a lovely beverage here. That's nice. It kind of camouflages the gulping sound yeah. of me swallowing. Slurping it's kind of gross. Yeah, slurping. So, so um, I'm talking to this guy that's my coaching student, and he's kind of kind of complaining. And I said, hey, you got to not have feelings. You know, like I would – I would he, he the question he had asked is when you cold call people, do you use their name? And I said, well, if you see their name in Mojo or whatever you're using the reverse lookup thing, and you see their name is Ramon, and then a female answers the phone, what are you going to do? You know, you're not going to say hi. Is this Ramon? You know, but if I if a guy answers the phone, I would say. Is, hi, is this Ramon? Well, many times they would say, well, it depends. And I'd say, you're wearing depends? <laughs> Which is stupid, like naked Disneyland. That's stupid too, but it's still a good idea. <laughs> com. So the, the reason I would say that is because it's funny. Now, if they thought that was funny, great. If they didn't think it was funny, it wouldn't matter because there's a 90% chance they're not thinking of selling their house anyway. But I have to have fun. I have to make my – the drudgery of cold calling, if you want to call it that, which I don't mind really. But I have to make that fun. So uh, if You I, could make it fun by just calling everybody and just asking, is this Ramon? I never just, just ask or everybody. Or are you wearing Depends? You Either know, or. Has, yeah. Okay. Whatever makes it fun, you know, okay, go with it. So the secret um, – Really, the real secret is the right people doing the right things often enough. So how would you know if you're the right people for real estate? Now, there are people that I have coaching calls with, you know, a complimentary coaching call. And at the end of the coaching call, I say, you know, I don't think uh, – Fearless Agent is a good fit for you, but that could change. You know, you could listen to the podcast. You could watch all the videos on my website. You can go to fearlessagent.com. Uh, I always recommend that they uh, subscribe to fearlessagent.tv. Certainly subscribe to the podcast. And maybe uh, it would change them. You know, it's possible that they, they end up getting changed by that. Like Floyd, he changed me. Uh, Rush Limbaugh changed me. Dr. Thomas Sowell changed me. Church has changed me. So, um, so if you're the right, so I, I would, I, I think to myself, this person is not the right person for real estate. Maybe they've got some crazy ideas that uh, just don't make sense. And uh, I say, you know, they're really not, not, not cut out for it. Now I don't tell them that to, you know, to them. But I'm thinking, I think this person really got into real estate with some some ideas that were uh, not correct. So when I was a recruiter, you know, I would, uh, I would have people come in and meet with me and I would have some weed out questions that I would, I would ask them. And one of them was, 
Um, and, it, and I'm trying to weed them out. So I'm working at a Century 21. I'm the recruiter. I'm the trainer. So we have this great training program. Everybody that we hire becomes a, a top producing agent. There literally was no exceptions to that. And part of that was because we weeded out the the wrong people. So we had 35 agents in that company, and they were the it was the number one producing Century 21 in the whole state of Arizona, and the number two producing Century 21 had over 350 agents. So with 10 times more agents, they did less production, and it was because we weren't just hiring everybody; we would only hire the right people. So the weed out question, one of them was. I'd say, you know, how do you think uh, – uh, oh, I, by the way, we were running ads in the newspaper, blind ads that said uh, sales position available, earn between this and this, no mention of real estate. So people didn't have a real estate license. They would come park in front of the Century 21 and then they'd come in and I'd ask them this question. I would say, you know, how do you think real estate agents get their business? And almost everybody, I mean literally almost everybody would say – well, I guess uh, you know you give us leads and we take buyers out and show them houses and you know that that's probably how it's done. Now, when I got into real estate, I think I probably thought that too. It was so long ago; I can't remember what I was thinking, but um, but I probably thought that. And I'd say, no, you know, really, it's like uh, it's more like telemarketing. You know, you would come in here. Every day at 9 a.m., you'd sit in one of those uh, cubicles over there and you would call up and down the street through neighborhoods asking people if they want to sell their house. And some of those people would say yes. And then, uh, you know, you would book an appointment with those people and some of we would teach you a listing presentation and then you would give that to those people. And some of those people would, you know, list their house with you. And, uh, and then some of those houses would sell. So that's, you know, what it's like. So can you imagine yourself coming in here every day at 9 a.m., sitting in one of those cubicles, calling up and down, the cold calling, asking people if they want to sell their house for eight hours a day? Now, most people would say, no, I would never do that. Right? And I'd say, OK, well, thank you very much for coming in. It was a bad fit, you know. But a small percentage of them would say, yeah. I would absolutely do that. And we would send those people to real estate school and every one of those people would become a top producing agent because they didn't have any goofy ideas. So when I'm talking to people, I know I know they're the right person if they would say yes to that, certainly. But it's the right people doing the right things often enough. So what are the right things? Well, to me, the right thing would be to learn five presentations. If you learn a listing presentation, if you learn the fearless agent listing presentation, and somebody somebody yesterday on a coaching call, they say, well, how long does the fearless agent listing presentation take to do? And I said, well, imagine you're walking out of the listing presentation and you have a uh, 7%, you've charged 7% and you're keeping four. Imagine that you're walking out of that presentation with a one-year listing, not because you need it, but because they trust you. Imagine that during that presentation, they were begging you to underprice their house, and you know it's priced in such a way that you're going to be able to sell it, not for more than the asking price, but for way more than they even thought their house was worth, way more than fair market value. 
and they're going to love you and send you a steady stream of referrals. It is going to have a lockbox on the house. And they've agreed to do everything you said you wanted to do. And they said, whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do it. So that's the outcome, okay? So what's the maximum amount of time you would spend in a listing presentation to get that outcome? And she wisely said, there's no maximum. I said, so if it took three hours because they were chatty and you were chatty, um, you would be willing to do that for a, you know, in her case, it would be a uh, $40,000 commission, gross close commission. She said, yeah, I would be willing to do three hours. I'd be willing to do more if that's what it took. I said, well, then it doesn't matter how long it takes. It would be unlikely that you could do a listing presentation, accomplish all those things, get the listing in less than two hours. That probably would be how long that would take. Although maybe, but probably not. But again, if it took three, you know, and you got you've accomplished all that, you got it's not like you got something better to do. So that's the right thing. So it's learning five presentations, listing, pricing, FISBO, buyer, investor, and then how to present offers the fearless agent way, which is remarkably different than the way other uh, non-fearless agents do it. Let's put it that way. And then it's saying the right words on the phone. It's caring about the customer and not caring about getting a commission. So how do you care about the customer and not care about getting commission? You charge 7% or whatever you decide to charge. You could charge 8. You could charge 6. Whatever it is, you say, that's what I charge, and that's not going to change. And then I'm going to find the people who like what I do. They'll pay that. The ones that don't like what you do won't pay anything. And then, uh, and then you know, get the right schedule, the right skills, the right systems. And then doing that often enough, you know. So if I uh, said, hey, Ramon, I'll give you a million dollars, would you take it? Oh, yeah. I said, or I'll give you an option. I'll give you, I'll give you uh, a penny, and then tomorrow I'll give you two pennies, and then the next day I'll give you four pennies, and the next day eight, and then 16, and then 32, and then 64, then 128, then 320, then 640, and I kept doubling the pennies every day for one month. Mm-hmm. Is that would you math? take the million dollars or would you take the pennies? I like the jingle. <laughs> <laughs> you like the jingle? That's yeah. the, the pocket jingle. I like so that. if you took the pennies <laughs> and you doubled them every day for only a month, you'd end up with about $3 million. Right. So it's a little thing often enough. So when you think about it, if you if you book – five listing appointments this week. Two of them cancel. You go on three and you get one. Now that one person, if you do what fearless agents do, is going to refer two other people to you. Maybe not this year, but over the course of your career. They'll, the average listing would refer you one other person or two other people. Some people will refer you 10 people. And by the way, if you're a fearless agent or a non-fearless agent, I would appreciate it if you would refer agents who happen to be earning less than they wish they were to us, you know. And then we refer people to fearless agents all the time. So when those two people that are referred to you, they're also going to refer you to people. And then those people are going to refer you to people. And that's how it works. So it's the right people 
doing the right things often enough. It's never going to be more complicated than that. So the other secret to real estate success, and I call it uh, faith. I want you to write down the words F-A-I-T-H, one below the other, the letters. So uh, I am a church guy. I have faith that God's in charge. I'm not the outcome guy. He's the outcome guy. I'm the input guy. Uh, I think if you go to church, you are, uh, or synagogue, or, or um, you know, mosque, or whatever you, whatever your faith is, having faith in yourself is called narcissism. If you think, you know, the last thing I would ever want to think is that I'm a big deal. Um, you see people on YouTube who are clearly convinced they are a big deal in 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 real estate, um, but. The truth is, if you read the Bible and you boil it down to two words, it would be serve others. So if that's your, if that's your motto, you're, you're going to be more successful. Uh, the A in faith would stand for addiction avoidance. You know, if in my life I've had some addiction problems, uh, that's over now, thank goodness. So if you, um, you know, I told I told you the story about the guy hitting my car, the drunk driver. Oh yeah, last week. You want to hear the Paul Harvey rest of the story? Let's hear it. Page two. So the cop comes up to me, and she says, "Hey, she's she's stuffed, cuffed, and stuffed the guy, and uh, and he did seem like a nice guy." And uh, I I said, "You know, uh, this is going to sound stupid, but uh, I am." Uh, 23 years clean and sober in a recovery program. And if you let me talk to that guy, I have some words of wisdom for him that I think he needs to hear. She goes, you know, I can't let you do that. But congratulations. <laughs> so I said, well, thank you. you know. And she said, my mom just died from alcoholism. And I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. So, uh, But the truth is, if I had had the opportunity to talk to that guy, I would know what to say because he has an addiction problem, I'm pretty sure. Maybe not. Maybe this is the only time he drank and drive, but I have a feeling maybe that wasn't the case. It wasn't the case for me. Let's put it that way. So, um, And because of that, I literally had more in common with him than I did with the cop. And then uh, so the next day, uh, I'm doing uh, kind of nonstop uh, – State Farm insurance uh, flailing. So I had to call my insurance company and then I, they take a recorded statement. I'm going through all that stuff. And then um, the uh, Geico lady from his insurance company calls me and I said, hey, uh, did you did you talk to him? And she says, no, he's in jail. I talked to his girlfriend who's the actual owner of the car. I go, well, I bet she's happy. Huh? <laughs> so. I said, "Well, are you going to talk to him?" She said, uh, "Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to talk to him if if he'll talk to me. You know, I, I'm. Got, I want to get a recorded statement from you, and I want to get a recorded statement from him." I said, "Well, I said, this is going to sound stupid, but I'm 23 years clean and sober in a uh, recovery program, and and uh, if you could give him my phone number, he seemed like a nice guy, and if you could have him call me." Um, I know that his life is in a place where my life was, and this little event in his life is just one stop on the low slide into the abyss. Mm-hmm. Or it could turn around and be the thing that makes him turn around, like what happened to me. 
And she actually started crying. She goes, oh, my God, nobody's ever said that to me before. I said, well, there's not many nitwits like me out there probably. So that's how that happened. But she said, I am definitely going to give you his phone number. Now, he has not called me, just so you know. But he could. You never know. But, um, but if you can avoid addiction. So if, you know, the addictions are these days gaming, people, I mean, ruin their lives with these stupid vi- internet video games. Uh, gambling. Horrific. I've seen horrific stories with people with social media can be social media. It's like gambling. It literally is like gambling. And and then there's uh, the obvious ones, drugs, alcohol, porn, you know, horrible, horrible things. So if you can avoid those things and if you have any of those things, you can call me. At 480-385-8810, I know I can steer you in the right direction if you have any of those things. Um, and one of the things that leads to that, the I in faith, would be impulse control. People who have poor impulse control. It is they are uh, – one thing I notice is that a lot of my coaching students are what I would call scam magnets – they fall for scammy Tony Robbins style scammy scum scum. You go you go on the internet, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and you see uh, a lot of these coaches are that way. They're just you know buy now and it's only half price. Any of that kind of stuff, you know it's a scam. If somebody sells says you're going to save money by signing up in the next fifteen minutes, you don't have to wonder if it's a scam. That's a scam, pure and simple. And uh, I have heard that from from many, many of my coaching students who got screwed, so to speak, by those things. So having poor impulse control um, uh, makes you respond too quickly when somebody says something that that, uh, you know, when you're prospecting or a customer and they just could have just paused, not said anything. The impulse, it's an odd impulse to respond to everything. You know, you don't need to. uh, I don't uh, honk at people in traffic. There's no nobody. Need, I, I'm not in charge of the Bob Leffler driving school anymore. That doesn't need to be part of my thing. I'm not the general manager of the universe, so to speak. So the T is trust. Um, I mentioned this before. Skeptical people are usually skeptical for a very good reason. It's not because they got ripped off. It's because they have ripped people off. There's an old saying that says, trust not he who trusts not. Uh, If somebody's extraordinarily skeptical, it's because in the same situation, they would do the wrong thing. Uh, Somebody who's extremely skeptical, I'm not likely to be leaving my wallet around unattended in front of them anytime soon. So being trusting uh, is a virtue and being uh, extraordinarily skeptical is a character defect. Uh, I had a lady call me this morning, and I had done a complimentary coaching call with her, and she said, "Bob, you know, we talked a little while ago, and uh, she and she didn't have her license yet." And she goes, "You know, I checked you out on the internet, and she goes, I searched everywhere and couldn't find a single negative comment about you." And I said, "That's because we always treat people nice. You know, we always treat people like a customer." I never pr- overpromise and underdeliver. Uh, it's quite the opposite, actually. So, and I don't uh, agree to coach people who are not um, 
likely to succeed, you know. And she is likely to succeed. Now, she wasn't overly skeptical, but um, but some people are overly skeptical, and I would avoid those people. And fi- finally, the H would be humility. You know, uh, I, again, I, the last thing I ever want to think is that I'm a big deal. Um, I have uh, some skills. I, I have a skill set, I would say, that in real estate, no other living human has. There is no, but you're not going to talk to somebody else who has the same skill set as me. And it was an accident. It was, I had these different jobs in the real estate industry failing for five years, you know, and in real estate and then succeeding wildly comparatively, uh, being a, uh, Having every job in the real estate industry except the owner, I've never been an owner, but I've been the uh, top producing agent, the bottom producing agent. I've been the uh, manager. I've been the broker. I've been the uh, recruiter. I've been the men's room attendant. I've I've done every single job, and that that uh, served me poorly as a career path, but it did uniquely uh, qualify me for this. I happened to work for some people that were better at real estate contract writing than anybody else in that I've ever met before or since. I learned how to do that. I don't think there are any attorneys in America that can write a real estate contract better than me, maybe the same as me. Um, but I'm also tell I'm also willing to tell you what I'm not good at, you know. So I'm not great at everything, and if I don't know about it, I'll tell you I don't know anything about that commercial real estate. I know nothing about it. And I don't want to know anything about it. Um, land. I don't know anything about that. I know you don't can't make any money doing it, but I, I don't want to know anything about it. So if you... Uh, and I always use the Salvation Army as an example of, of that. You know, uh, I don't know how many of you know what the Salvation Army does, but they take the dregs of society, so to speak. The guy you see holding a cardboard sign on the corner, uh, they take that person, they uh, give him a shower, they clean him up, they give him a nice clean place to stay, uh, they give him three squares a day, they give him uh, a little uh, spiritual guidance, and they give him a job. And uh, they have better results than Betty Ford. So their stats are better than Betty Ford, which costs a lot of money to go to. So what is it that is the secret that the Salvation Army has? Is it the nice, clean place to stay? No. There's plenty of those places. They'll leave the light on for you down at the Motel 6. Is it the three squares a day? Honestly, free food is abundant in America. The one thing you will never have to do, poor people are fat in America. That's the only, it's probably the only country where the poorest people are the fattest people. So it's not that. Uh, Is it the spiritual guidance? Uh, Yes and no. I mean, there's a church on every corner, so they could could go there and get that. Uh, It's the job that they give them that makes the difference. And the job they give them is freely giving away what was freely giving to them. Uh, hope. They're in the hope business. And again, they have better stats than, than Betty Ford. So I, I would say if you, can, if you can have faith, 
in God if you can avoid addiction, if you can have impulse control, if you can trust other people as your default setting and never think you're a big deal and be humble, uh, humble and funny selves, honestly, you're going to have you're going to have a much better life in general, and you're going to be more successful in real estate. There's no doubt about that. So if any of the stuff we ever talk about on the Fearless Agent podcast makes sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help with that, if you would like to learn more, you can always call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That is my cell phone, and we'll just see if you and what you're trying to do in your real estate career is a good fit. If it is, you will get rich. If it's not, uh, we'll admit that to each other, and I'm still happy to help you in any other way I can. And uh, by the way, I love talking to realtors, so don't, don't ever think you're bothering me. Please don't email me. You know how that bugs me when people email me, Ramon? Oh, I do. I've tried. Texting. It's out. I've, yep, yeah, don't do it. it. Bad habits in real estate. So pick up the phone and call me at 480-385-8810. And until next week, I want to thank you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can subscribe at fearlessagent.tv. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Give us a five-star review of this podcast wherever you're listening to it from or at or in and again you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810 and until next week do the three things all fearless agents do have fun number two is be humble and number three be fearless thanks again